Good evening. Please stand in body and spirit for the call to worship and the opening prayer. And our call to worship is responsive to the abundance. From the busyness of our lives, we have come here on a day that is different.
hopefulness as we hear the retelling of the journey of Christ from a garden that had been a place of prayer through trials and mockery and brutal death to a garden where his body was laid to rest. Harden not our hearts. Give us the courage to lay bare our own vulnerabilities that we may see the sacred intersection of our lives and the passion of the Christ. Even as we remember this day of crucifixion, help us hold on to the hope that resurrection and new life are needed. You may see. Scripture lesson is from John 18. Jesus went forth with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, Kidron Valley, where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests, and the Pharisees went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to befall him, came forward and said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So, if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word which he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave to me. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave's name was Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup from which my father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Judean authorities seized Jesus and bound him. First they led, you, led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to the religious authorities that it was expedient that one should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. And this disciple was known to the high priest. He entered the court of the high priest along with Jesus, while Peter stood outside the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman who guarded the gate said to Peter, Are you not also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in their temple, where all Jewish people come together. I have said nothing secretly. Why do you ask me? For those who have heard me, what I said to them, they know what I said. When he had said this, one of the soldiers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is it... Is that how you answer you, the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. If 
but if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Annas then said to him, then sent him to sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, Are you not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, the kinsman of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked him, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once the cock crowed. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take, yourselves, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The religious authorities said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to show by what death he was to die. Pilate entered the headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight. But I might not be handed over to the religious authorities, but my kingship is not of this world. Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After Pilate had said this, he went to the religious authorities again and told them, I find no crime in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for, will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. They say a rooster crowing is God's wake-up call. Yeah, that's, uh, at least that's the way it was for me. Everything, that, that whole night was a blur, all right? Um, I didn't comprehend, none of us could comprehend everything that was going on, all right? We were all in the upper room, Jesus was washing our feet. Um, then we were in the garden, Jesus goes off to pray by himself. I fell asleep. I'm not proud of it. I had a big meal. Bread makes me sleepy. Next thing we know, me, James, and John, Jesus is in our face, and he's trying to wake us up, and uh, he said, um, what is he, he said, uh, the, the, uh, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, and, and then before we know it, Judas is kissing Jesus on the cheek. I try to go help him. I cut off this guard's ear. For the record, I wasn't aiming for his ear. I'm a fisherman, not a swordsman. And then they, uh, they arrest Jesus, and they take him off, and we... We ran. And it wasn't but two hours earlier that we were in the upper room. I was looking at him. I was looking him right in the eye saying, if everyone disowns you, Jesus, I won't. I'm with you. I love you.
And I think that's what made me stop, turn around, go back. And uh, I caught a glimpse of Jesus as they were taking him to the high priest's house. I stood at the gate, and some girl comes up to me, starts pointing at me, starts going, you, you're with him. You're with this man that claims to be the son of God. You're one of his disciples. I felt like every eye was on me. So I just brushed her off. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. I get my way into the courtyard and uh, it's cold. I, I try to warm up by the fire. And then there's this guy that recognizes me and he is uh, from the ear incident, you know, and starts going, get him, get him, he's with him. Just arrest him, get him. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, all right? I wasn't with him. It was easier the second time to deny him. It was some time right before morning and um, this wise guy, he comes up to me and goes, who are you kidding, all right? Who are you fooling? You're with him. I can tell by your accent. I'm like, this is just the way I talk, all right? And, and the whole night, they kept pushing him around. They kept beating him. They kept spitting on him, throwing insults at him. And I couldn't take it anymore. I had enough. I was tired of people accusing me, looking at me. And I, and I just, I said a few things that I'm not proud of, but I was like, leave him alone. You don't know what you're doing, all right? Just leave him alone. I wasn't with him. And that's when I heard the most blood-curdling sound I ever heard in my whole life. I heard that rooster crow. And at that moment, Jesus, he turns around and he looks at me. He looks at me. And his gaze, you can't escape his gaze. I mean, when his eyes are on you, you cannot escape it. And they arrested him and they took him off. I will die with you, Jesus. If, everyone, if everybody disowns you, I will die with you. What a, what a joke. I mean, what would you do? At that moment, at that time, I ran. I ran so fast, I ran so long. And you know what they did? They killed him. He's dead. Then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him with a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said to them, 
Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. The religious authorities answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was more afraid. He entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Upon this, Pilate sought to release him, but the religious authorities cried out, if, re if you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, and in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now, it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the religious authorities, Behold your king? They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. They handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place they called the, the face of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many of the Judeans read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. The Jewish chief priests then said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. But this man said, I am the king of the Jews, Pilate answered. What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts, one for each soldier also his tunic, but the tunic was without seam, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. And this was to fulfill the scripture. They parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So, so the soldiers did this, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. 
After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A bowl full of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, in order to prevent the bodies from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the religious authorities asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and they broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that he, this you may believe. For these things took place that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of religious authorities, asked Pilate that he might have, take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. So he came and took away the body. Nicodemus also, who had at first come to him by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new, a new tomb where no one had ever been laid. So, because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Swim the deepest ocean 
You actually react physically. If you've ever been in a car accident, what happens to your body when you hear screeching tires? You actually react physically to the sound because of what it conjures up in your mind. And the same can be true of, of sights and smells as well. Peter heard the rooster crow. Any other time, it would have been the signal to get up and start your day. It's a sound of new beginnings, generally, but not for Peter. For the rest of his life, hearing a rooster crow would bring back all of the feelings from that night that Jesus was arrested. Even after everything turned out okay, and Jesus appeared resurrected from the grave, even after Peter saw Jesus again, even after he went out again on his own as a minister, every morning the crowing of the friendly neighborhood rooster would be like waking up to face his denial of Jesus all over again. If we were going to cast a movie, Peter would be the hero's best friend character, the sidekick. The one you really like. He's usually warm, loyal, and funny. Never quite gets it totally right. We know Peter. We know Peter because he stepped out of the boat. We know him because he drew his sword and cut off the slave's ear. Peter has a mother-in-law. Peter is part of one of the coolest coin tricks ever. If you remember that story about the coin in the mouth of the fish. We know Peter because we all have a friend like him. We hate Judas. We kind of like John. We're not sure about Andrew, but we all know Peter. When Peter walks on the water, we sometimes forget to mention that Peter didn't believe Jesus at first. He didn't believe it even was Jesus out on the lake. He thought it was a ghost. Jesus is out there on the water showing off, doing the moonwalk or a tap dance or something. And Peter says, if that's you, if that's really you, Jesus, stand there while I come out on the water. And Jesus says, okay then. Come on over. And Peter does for about three steps. And then he sinks like a stone. Then it's Mr. I believe, Jesus save me. Peter sinks because Peter doubts. But he doesn't doubt Jesus. Peter doubts himself. Any disciple would want to follow his rabbi and be just like him. Peter's no different. But Peter failed. From the very beginning of his time with his disciples, Jesus is trying to create something in Peter. He doesn't start with, if you love me, feed my sheep. No, he starts with the things Peter and the others understand. Vision for actual fish. Doesn't sound like much of a lesson for a bunch of fishermen. Jesus
build the disciples' confidence and trust, not only in himself, but he also has to build the disciples' confidence and trust in themselves. Jesus is preparing Peter for ministry from the very beginning. Jesus knew. Jesus knew how it was going to end. He knew Peter would deny him, and he let Peter do it because of what it would create in him. It would make him into the kind of minister that Jesus needed him to be. There's a line in today's video that you just watched that goes by quickly, but it's uh, so important. Peter says, what would you do? Why, no, officer, I had no idea I was going that fast. Yeah, I'd like to say I wouldn't have responded like Peter did. But in that situation, I might well have denied knowing Jesus did. You know why we like Peter? We like Peter because Peter is, well, he's us. The good and the bad. He's the most relatable of all the disciples. What would you do? Peter was originally named Simon. People in the scriptures seem to get their name changed quite a bit. And Jesus changed Simon's name to Petra, which, as you probably know, means rock in Greek. And thankfully, he did this before Peter sank like a stone in Lake Galilee. Or I'm not sure if it would have had the same effect, that nickname even. Peter, the rock, the stone on which Jesus says he's going to build his church. If we relate to Peter because we are like him, if we're a little slow on the uptake, if we occasionally act before we think, if we'd like to get out of a traffic ticket, then we would most certainly lie to keep from being jailed and put to death. We relate to Peter because we too really, really, really want to be like Jesus. relate to Peter because we are Peter? What does that say about the church that Jesus is building here? Well, maybe it says we don't have to be perfect. Maybe it says we don't have to have it all down or all figured out. Or maybe, just maybe, it says we understand that we are loved just as we are. And we're tasked to share that love with others so they can know it too. The church, it was never meant to be that place, all laced up straight and holding all the answers. No. Sometimes the church is more like a blind beggar 
showing another beggar with one leg where the food cupboard is. Do you love me, Peter? And feed my sheep? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Here is love, caught between the powers of the world and the breaking of heaven on the long journey home. We do not know what it is we do, and the last word forgives. Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Here is love, found between two thieves, crucified among the lost, and the last words turn and promises paradise. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. Here is love, lonely on the cross, with nothing left. The last word even now brings together mother and son. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here is love, some gargoyle of grace, abandoned by heaven, and the last word breaks with loneliness. I thirst. Here is love, and in the last moments of life, seeks solace. And the last word, in the final moment, yet appeals to humanity. It is finished. Here is love, and here is what it is like when every hope comes to an end and the last word is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Here is love, clinging to one last hope, that not everything is lost and the last word
silence and contemplation as you feel led. That means you can stay here and pray as long as you feel you need to before you leave. The story has been told, and now we return to the world where we live and wait. No, the worship continues until we wait and watch. Our worship will close after the stone has been removed and the flame of hope has been relit. Never alone. God is not and will not. 